hello and welcome to another episode of Unstuck with Hypnopunk Transformation with Edge. Today's episode is going to be about what makes somebody ready for change. What makes somebody a good hypnotic candidate? What makes somebody successful in hypnosis or whatever kind of change work that they in fact endeavour to do? But before I get into that, I just want to thank everybody for giving me the five-star reviews on iTunes or whatever format you've been using and leaving a couple of sentences there. Thank you so very much. That makes me very, very happy. Um, I put out these podcasts for free with as much good content as I can regularly because I want to get the message out. I want to get the word out there of helping you become unstuck. That's what I give to you. And all I want in return is if you enjoy these podcasts, and I know that you don't do because they've been downloaded well over a thousand times now, let me know. And how you let me know, let the world know by leaving five-star reviews on iTunes or whatever podcast system you're listening to and leaving a couple of sentences about what you enjoy there. And also what I do to sweeten the deal for you guys is once you've done that, is just send me an email at mail, M-A-I-L, at Luke, L-U-K-E, Gnosis, N-O-S-I-S.com. Mail at LukeGnosis.com. Let me know. Give me a screenshot. And what we do is we book you in a 30-minute three-power session. That's a 30-minute Skype with me, no matter where you are in the world, where we talk about one subject in your life that's been keeping you stuck to this point and endeavoring that 30-minute power call to help you to become unstuck in that area. And that's my gift to you for enjoying this podcast. So please do that. Back on with the show. What makes somebody a good hypnotic candidate? What makes somebody ready for personal change? What makes somebody ready for a life um, revolution, if you will? Is first and foremost, it's what happens with everyone that I speak to on the telephone before I ever agree to actually see them. Because yeah, of course, when, when I'm speaking to somebody on the phone, they're, they're, they're screening me to see if I'd be a good hypnotist, if I know what I'm talking about, if I can help them, absolutely. But on the other end, what a lot of people don't realise is I'm actually screening you. I'm screening you. And any good change worker will screen you. Because anyone could just tell you, oh, it costs this much amount of money to come and see me. Here's what it is. Um, I'm a free next Thursday or next Friday. But how do they know they can help you unless they spend a good 30 minutes on the telephone with you, speaking with you, finding about your intrinsicies, it's easy for me to say, about your problem, about what's keeping you stuck, to find out if indeed they can help you. And I'll tell you quite up front, I, I, don't, I don't work with, personally, everyone I speak to. Probably respectfully, about 50% of people I speak to each day respectfully decline. Because I've been doing this close to 21 years now. And I know when someone's ready to change. And I know when they're just looking to continue to victimize themselves. And just merely have someone listen to that broken story, that broken record. And I'm not into doing that. If you want someone just to listen to you uh, spout about how hard your life is, then go get a good friend get a dog go to a counselor go get, get some psychotherapy so you can stay talking about your problem for four years three times a week and paying the psychologist uh a hundred times of what you've paid come and see me for a couple of sessions or any good change worker so i'm screening people to see where they're at to see where their commitment is into change and i want to share with you these things today how to know if you're ready to make change in your life if you'd be a good hypnotic candidate if you're in a spot where you are ready to change whether that be with my help someone else's help or be that by your own help 
the first thing I look for is in people that would be a good candidate for change in general, for a life resolu resolution, if you will, um, is are you open? It doesn't mean that you accept everything that's been said about the modality that you're interacting with, be that hypnosis or NLP or cognitive behavioral therapy or thought field therapy. No, it simply means that you're just open to the fact that this, this might be something that might work with you. You come in with an open mind. You don't come in with, this isn't going to work for me. And equally, you don't necessarily have to come in with, oh, this is the only thing that's going to work for me. It's like, no. I come in with this. This could work me, work for me, but let me let me have some more information so I can make a informed decision. So the first thing is you've got to be open. Second thing is you've got to be quite smart, and I don't necessarily mean book smart, but I mean if you've got an IQ of below seventy, which means uh, developmentally delayed or retarded, as we used to be able to say, but it's not politically correct anymore. Um, generally hypnosis and change work is not the not the best thing for you because you're not going to have the intelligence to do what you need to do cognitively to be able to make those those changes so you do have to have an IQ scientifically of, of, of about of over 70 in order to be able to make those rational choices and changes in your life also you need to be able to follow instructions you might be oh well this is all easy I know all this Luke but I'll give you an example in my own practice a good few years ago, I had a chap that came in and I'd taken, back in the day when I used to take about 30 to 40 minutes of explaining what hypnosis was and what hypnosis isn't, and that's covered on another podcast, and now I do it in one sentence. Um, but it got to the point where they explained it all very nicely, and um, it came to the point to induce some hypnosis. So I said to the guy, um, just go ahead and close your eyes. And he'd keep staring at me, which I find a little bit uh, particular, a little bit peculiar at the time. So I'm like, well, maybe it's my strong accent. Maybe he did not hear me. Maybe he was distracted for a moment. So I did it again with a bit more force. And I just kind of waved my hand in front of his eyes. And just like, yeah, just go ahead, close your eyes. And he's still staring at me. So I'm like, what the hell is going on with this guy? So I'm like, um, I'm just curious. Why are you not closing your eyes? You're here for hypnosis. And I've asked you not to. He's like, well, well I thought you were going to make me close my eyes. Uh, and then, So I poked him in his eyes and he closed his eyes. Moral of the story is the guy was too dumb to follow simple instructions. He thought I was going to pull out a magical wand and magically make his eyes close by themselves and not have to have an active participation in the events that were happening. So you've got to be able to follow simple instructions. The other thing as well is the ability to go with the flow. Now, in my experience of working with many men, many women, ladies, I do find that you, not all women, but particularly if it's between men and women, I very rarely encounter this problem with men. I do encounter this problem maybe 20% of the time with women, with a particular type of woman. These are people that I call lovingly control freaks. They think they need to control the situation all the time. And I and I spot these people straight away because when we're doing a screening over the telephone, they're trying to dictate their terms to me and their story to me. And I know it always makes me chuckle. It's almost like um, you have a tumor that needs to be removed. So you're going to go to the surgeon, being a lay person, because if you could remove it yourself, you wouldn't be going to the, the surgeon. And you're telling the surgeon how to extract that tumor from you. Or you don't know anything about cars. Your car is broken down. So you go to the mechanic. 
you can't fix your own car, otherwise you wouldn't have seen the mechanic. You then go to the mechanic and you tell the mechanic how to fix your car. Or you um, have seeked legal advice because you don't know the legal laws or ramifications of, of, of something and you're going to court, but then you proceed to tell the lawyer how to do their job. Well, if you knew how to do your job, why are you calling me? Why are you calling the lawyer? Why are you calling the mechanic? Why are you calling the surgeon? If you knew how to fix it, you would have fixed it. You wouldn't be reaching out for someone. Yet these people, and it's a specific type of woman, and yes, it ha I have encountered it with guys, but mainly a specific type of woman that comes in, and it's typically a woman that's usually uh, in a position of power uh, every day in a company, perhaps a, a CEO or a, a manager of some level, and they simply come into the sessions and they do not want to follow simple instructions um, and they just have this terrible fear of letting go because most of the day they're in a position of um, managing people, bossing people around, perhaps even in relationships, um, but they're stuck. And I don't realize that the thing that's been keeping them stuck is that very behavior, the, the behavior that they think they are in control. And specifically this type of person, I give them a task, the control task. I'm like, I'm like, you like to be in control and they're generally not following any instructions that I'm giving them. And luckily I can spot these type of people on the phone now, these control freaks. I'm like, and I spot this and I say, well, you know, like, well, I just, I just can't give up control because they think there is a thing called control. There is no thing called control. And what I do with this particular type of person when I spot this is I'm like, okay, so you want control? Fantastic. Um, so all I want you to do is in this quiet office where you're not under any threat whatsoever, for the next 30 seconds, I simply just want you to have no thoughts. For the next 30 seconds, there'll be very little sound in this office, very little distraction. You can close your eyes and uh, have no thoughts just for 30 seconds. For 30 seconds, have no thoughts inside your head. I actually tell them a minute, but I stop them after 30 seconds because I'm like, so uh, how many thoughts did you have? And they're like, oh, well, I thought about this, I thought about that. I'm like, ah. I'm like, so you were under no pressure, were you? Like, no, you were under no strain or fear in this room. You were quite calm and peaceful and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet for 30 seconds, not for a minute, but for 30 seconds, I stopped you and you couldn't even control the thought inside your head. There's no such thing as control. If you can't even control the thing that's going on inside your head, let go of the control here because it's just an illusion. I have no control of you, but you have very little control of yourself. It's just an illusion. You just have ability of influence over your unconscious mind to take actions. Usually that kind of self-corrects the type of people, but sometimes there is a battle of still they do not get it. They have so much fear of this illusion of control that keeps them continue, continue to be habitually stuck in that problem. And oftentimes we need to do work around the issue of control before we can even do any work around the issue that they came in for which coincidentally usually collapses when they let go of their need to have control over all things. So really, what's the solution of that? If you do feel the need to be in control, is the ability in hypnosis or in any change work to go with the flow? To go with the flow. You've hired a professional to work with you and you're going to go with the flow. As long as it's safe, as long as it's ethical, it's non-dangerous to go with the flow, to go with someone's lead. 
You have to have the ability to do that, or at least open to the fact to allow yourself to see through the illusion of control, which doesn't exist. And by all means, guys, if you do think it exists, please pause this podcast right now. And for the next minute, have no thoughts inside your mind. As long as it's safe to do, you can be in a quiet area. And I guarantee you will have thoughts coming into your mind. Whether you can pull yourself back on track, yeah, you can absolutely do that. But you will have thoughts that come into your mind because I've been practicing meditation for 20 years. I can't get my mind to be completely still with no thought for more than a minute. I know Buddhist monks that have been doing this longer than I've been alive, yet can't have their mind remain completely still with no thoughts for any length of time because they're alive. You also have to have the ability in any form of change work on yourself or with a professional, the willingness to accept responsibility. I mean, if you come to work with me, any hypnotist or any change um, artist, the responsibility is not on me to change you, it's not on Tony Robbins to change you, it's not on Oprah to change you, it's not on Dr. Phil to change you, it's on you to change yourself with the tools that we give you. Because one thing's for sure, you come into my office or any of those people that I just mentioned and you work with them, insert the guru here, they're not going to be with you every moment of every day to ensure you don't do that behavior. You have to self-govern. We will give you tools to use, very powerful tools that have worked for many, many thousands, millions of people through a huge length of time, through history. Yeah, it's up to you if you use the tool. If you keep the tool in the box and you never pull it out to use it, that's on you. Hypnosis, any good change worker, any good mentor, any good coach will give you the ability, will make sure that you know how to use those tools, that you have that toolbox, but it's certainly up to you whether you use them. So accepting responsibility for change, that it's all on you. Our job is to guide you. Our job is to help you. Our job is to walk you to that very door of transformation. But make no mistakes about it. It's up to you whether you step inside. Because I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm in absolutely um, have no desire to kick somebody through a door that they do not want to go through. I think that that is unethical. You also, when it comes to change, in my experience, how to know when you're ready for change. Oftentimes, I ask, well, I always ask people on the telephone when I do a screening call with them, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much of a problem is this for you? 10 being the biggest problem and 1 being the lowest problem. If someone that gives me about a 4 or 5, I'll, I'll respectfully end the call there. I'm like, well, hey, if this is only a 4 or 5 for you in your life right now, I don't feel that you have the right amount of leverage in your life and the right amount of motivation and inspiration to change this because it's not an emergency status in your life. If it ever gets to a point where it becomes a, a 7, 8, 9 or 10, then please do give me a call back and we can continue this conversation. But I just do not think there's going to be enough value in you, uh, as in your time, your energy and also investment in finances, if this problem is only a 5 or below. So I tend to only work with people who have a problem that, that they rate themselves, honestly, that it's a 7, 8, 9, 10 or above that. Because then they've got to a place that I call threshold. And threshold is I, when we get to that place where I cannot bear living this life exactly the same tomorrow. I've got to do something. I've got to do something now to change this thing. Not like, oh, I kind of almost, yeah, sort of want to maybe change these things. No, do you want to change it or not? Because I'm not interested in, in being in next failure i'm not interested in a 
a exercise or masturbation here I'm, I'm i'm interested in helping you transform if indeed you do want to transform and it's the right time for you and if it's not that's okay we can have another conversation in the future or never have another conversation that's okay but i'm only interested in working with people who get to that stage it's not wishy-washy it's not about putting your toe in and it goes to all transformation transformations i've done on myself if i was ever wishy-washy about it well let me kind of sort of try this no I either do it or don't do it. That's the kind of commitment that I need from me and that's worked for me in my own life and change. And that's the same kind of commitment that I need from clients when it comes to working. It's either you really want to do this and we're going to play full out because I'm going to bring my bat and ball. That's a given. But are you going to bring your bat and ball to play? I don't know. And if you do, we can play and make these transformations. So that's that's another way of knowing if you're ready to make these these kind of changes in your life. If, if you're ready, people like Luke. But how do I know if, if if I'm really ready to make these changes in my life? Well, I say use your gut. Oftentimes we do not use our gut in our life. Now there's three things to listen to in our life. There's your mind. There's your heart. There's your gut. Your mind's going to give you all the intellectual understandings about something, and it has its part. But it's all only on intellect. It's only one third of the puzzle. If you just listen to your heart, you're going to be making decisions differently. If you feel good to make a decision of when you feel bad, it's state dependent. It's like, well, if I feel happy, I'm going to go and buy that car now. But now when I feel sad or neutral the next day, I kind of wish I didn't buy that new car because I already have another car and I couldn't afford it. That can get us in trouble as well. But the one thing that doesn't get us in trouble, the one thing that in my experience works 100% of the time when you listen to it and when you act upon it is your gut. Your gut is not the intellectual understanding. It's not the, the emotional feeling. It just you, you feel in your gut if something's right. It comes from your gut. You just feel something's right or isn't right there. For an example, if you're walking home late one night and you just get a feeling in your gut like... Oh, this alleyway, this street, oh, I've got a feeling. Sometimes people don't listen to it and they're fine. Sometimes people don't listen to it and they get in trouble. But oftentimes when people listen to it, no bad ever happens by listening to your gut. The worst case that happens is nothing that happens. But generally it does not steer you wrong when you listen to your gut. You cut through the sound and the noise of your intellect, of your head, always intellectualizing things the whole time, which is only one part of the puzzle. Or emotionally being pulled from one emotion to the next, one bubble to the next bubble, if you will, which is all uh, state dependent. When you listen to your gut, it cuts through all the noise. It's like the inner compass that steers you almost always in the right direction. And oftentimes, people, like I say, they don't listen to it. The, the, the gut will speak and they will not listen. They'll over-intellectualize what their gut's saying or they'll try and outfeel what their gut's telling them. And you can absolutely do that. But oftentimes, you don't get the kind of result that you want. It's been my experience, the experience of many, many thousands of clients that when they listen to their gut, it steers them in the right direction to make the right decisions, to go on the right dates with the right people, to make the right financial decisions in their life, to make the right decisions based on their health when they listen to their gut. It's very, very important. And your gut has cells. Your gut has actual cells in there. Membrane has memory cells in there that let us know 
what's going on so listen to your gut clear out the noise from your head clear out the noise from your heart listen to your gut is this the right thing is it is this enough of a problem in your life now to change to invest that time energy and money because whether you're working with me whether you're working with another professional change artist perhaps even if you're working with yourself there is going to be an investment you're going to need to make now it's either going to be time energy or money and all three of those things but make no mistake about it if that thing is enough of a problem for you in your life if it's a seven if it's an eight if it's a nine if it's a ten if it's a more you are if you do nothing to change it you are going to pay to keep that problem whether it be in your time your energy your emotions or your money what's it going to cost you to keep that problem you are either going to buy the solution or you're going to buy into the problem but it's going to cost you either way and it's up to you whether you invest in a solution to this problem and it is going to cost you something or you buy into keeping all these problems and all the missed opportunities missed time emotions energy and money that it costs you you are going to have to buy something but it's completely up to you what you buy and it also comes with all my work and any change your artist all the work comes down to simply one thing and if you can take this concept the way that I'm giving you right now and put it into practice you do not need me you do not need another self-help book you do not need to listen to Oprah Dr. Phil Dr. Oz anymore or Tony Robbins it simply comes to this if that thing is of a project status emergency status it's a seven eight nine ten in your life this problem right now it's simply about letting letting go if you can simply let go of that problem you don't need any of us in fact you don't need any of us you can do that most people just don't know how to let go and there's books and courses and coaching programs you can invest out there to help you to let go um, or you could just simply let go and it's as simple as this guys how do you let go if it's safe to do this now what I want you to do is I want you to open up your right hand palm facing the ceiling have your right arm outstretched in front of you pick up a pen or a pencil something that's quite light okay and put it put it into the palm of your hand right now of your right hand okay now how do you let go it's simple turn over your hand right now flip your palms so your palms facing down and it drops away that's how easy it is to let go don't get confused by the simplicity of letting go how simple it is where most problems are caused are this now pick up that pen or that article again or the item I should say put it again in that right hand it should be open palm facing the ceiling right arm outstretched in front of you now grip make a fist over that object that you hold into your arm that's what most people do they have the absolute ability to let go but the problem is not the problem because problems come to go in life the problem becomes you and your ability to continue to hold on and not let go because then that problem becomes a part of you and your identity and we get a thing you get a thing called secondary gain which is on some level you're getting something from that problem you're getting some kind of comfort whether you're conscious of it or not that's where the problem comes in and oftentimes when when I'm working with people that's what I need to coach them about it's not necessarily about the stopping smoking the losing weight to stop traumatizing themselves to stop to stop peeing the bed to stop overeating it's simply about allowing yourself to let go of that problem because that's the habitual way of your mind is to simply let things come and to let things go
That's why med meditation can be so, so very powerful out there and processes like that. The ability to let go. And when you have the ability to let go, which is really that simple, not necessarily that easy, but that simple, then you become your own coach, your own transformational expert. And oftentimes, like I say, my job is really to help to coach people, to give them the ability that they always had the ability to do before it was too easy and it needed to take years of struggle and heartache. So I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. As always, if you enjoy it, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes or however you listen to this podcast and leave a couple of sentences and then shoot me an email at mal at lutenosis.com with a snapshot of it, a screenshot if you will, and we'll book your 30-minute power session to give you the ability to let go and become unstuck. How I like to finish these podcasts nowadays is with what I call the warrior's prayer. We face dire challenge and chance. Our lives, our way of life, it hangs in the balance. A fragile glass standing on a wire high above the asphalt. And as we pray for not one drop of rain under an overcast sky, and yet I smile. We will fight and we will bleed, and yet I smile. We shall face men, some cornered into their roles by circumstance, some desperate murderers thrilled by blood. We shall end them all, as is our charge this day, as is our sorrow, and yet I smile. We will leave our loved ones to traverse this dangerous road, rushing out of peace in the war, and yet I smile. For we will mine glory from the wrath of struggle this day. We will honour and protect this bastion of life in a land of dead. And we will win. You trust the king. We will win. And yet I smile, I smile and I laugh. And I rejoice this day. For on this day we are joined in purpose and vision. We are of a singular heart and mind. On this day we are one. We are one. We are one. Always believe. Hypnopunk. Whoa!